Hello and welcome to another episode of the JRE Review, where each week I review the best and most interesting episodes of the Joe Rogan Experience. Uh, this podcast, and I say it every time, it's getting old, but it's just to make it very clear that what this does. I have no affiliation to Joe Rogan's podcast. I am like the news is to current events. Um, so current events being Joe's podcast and the news being me, where I just have a guest on. This week I have on Mark. Hello. And uh, basically I just break down all the parts that were interesting, something that was inspiring. This podcast has been around a long time and Joe is doing fantastic work. So it's just a shout out to all of that. Not that he needs it, but I enjoy doing this. This week, one of my favorite guests was on podcast 1210, Tom Popper. Tom Popper is a very old friend of Joe Rogan and a fantastic comedian, a guy that often brings bread to the show as a bit of a gift for Joe because he makes bread. And recently, I think it's the Discovery Channel, has picked him up and giving him, given him a show where he just goes around the country going to different bakeries and um, talking about bread. That so, show's got life, let me yeah. tell you. <laughs> One season bakeries done. But, you know, he's a funny guy. Maybe he can make it work. I haven't seen it, but it's cool that he got it just from bringing bread on. Please tell me it's called yeast infected. <laughs> oh, God, that would be amazing. Yeah. I, I'm no, Tom I, Papa, and this is yeast infected. You know, I think he's taking it really seriously, and it's like, it, you know, he has funny mm. parts, but it's about the bread. They start their conversation talking about... So it. it's like Russia in the 90s. Yeah, right, <laughs> yeah. Oh, please, give please, me Please, I've waited four hours for Tom Papa's bread. It must be very good, yes? <laughs> Feed my whole family for one month. Like it's elven bread from Lord of the Rings. That's it. That's <laughs> Oh, yeah, you're going to eat it for months. Yeah, so so that that is his show in a nutshell. We've bro- basically broken that down. Neither of us have watched it, but we've made harsh generalizations, and now you know what to expect. You absolutely know what the show is about and have no need to watch it. God bless him. I wonder, <laughs> I wonder if anyone is watching. Some people are. Some Somebody people will are watch the show about bread. bread. Yeah. Discovery Channel has, I mean, if you think about it. cupcake shows. They have cupcake shows and catching tuna and hurricanes of ice shows and, like, just people living in the wilderness of Alaska, which is probably everything. all fake. And too. then, and then like they have super just like fake. all fake. They're like, oh look, he's found this, caught this thing, and no, it was, they just gave it to him. They bought it. They stuck it on the end of the rod. Actually, and I might be in violation of my NDA right now, but I work on what yes. I work on last Alaskans. Mm. And that shit's real. Is it? They are some fucking mountain men. That seems and they like do some shit. They well, know what they're talking about. At least they're catching some stuff. But you can imagine on no shows. No spoilers. I have not spoiled that they catch the elk and eat it. You, you, Damn. But, but you could imagine that some shows, it's like, yeah, we usually are good at catching these things in the day that everyone shows up. They can't get shit. Oh, they, absolutely. They're going to throw some things in that oh, direction. Oh, yes. I will not name shows, but working in reality TV. <laughs> Um, there is a lot that is staged. Yeah, guaranteed. Well, it has mm-hmm. to be. It has to Well, be. it does. And, and, you know, it's fine. Because it's, I don't know, it's not completely disingenuous. <clears throat> Their intent is real. Yeah. 
Now, right now, Mark and I are drinking. What is this? Good whiskey. This is, is no. This is JT Boots Ooh. whiskey. This was on sale at CVS. And do you know? <laughs> do you know much about whiskey? Are you a whiskey guy? I am a whiskey guy. Yeah, but I wouldn't say I know a lot about. It. I just uh, know like what I like. Now that's interesting because J- Joe and Tom Popper started off their podcast really just talking about wines, and mm. Tom was telling a story about how a wine guy. Uh, was helping him in the store and was just like, oh, you wouldn't believe that, like, super passionate, knew his shit, worked at the wine store, though, so didn't have a lot of money for expensive wine bottles. Mm-hmm. But he was like, this for 15 bucks? No one knows about it? Best damn thing you'd ever imagine? Those are the wine guys I like. Yeah. These, the people you that are snobs help. about wines... I don't have wines, time for this shit. I hate snobs about wines. But the people are like, dude, this one's nine bucks. It's amazing. That happened at Trader Joe's Thanksgiving. This dude admittedly had a social awareness problem because he lingered far too long but he did recommend a very good wine and it was like oh this is great i'm gonna get this one he's like awesome and then he proceeded to point out 30 more wines and i was like and i was finally like i'm good dude thanks yeah (laughs) yeah no you're doing a great job uh, i only came for one but it's an important point because joe was talking about how you know it's not always worth it to spend a lot on wine obviously Hmm. and one time joe was out at a restaurant somewhere eating and he said you know what fuck it let's get this wine from like the 70s it was Mm -hmm. like the top one tasted it and he was like wasn't even that good he was like saying that the 15 dollar one that tom bopper bought was probably better that day yet that wine they had that day was a thousand fucking dollars because most of the time a wine is going to reach its peak flavor within eight to ten years is that yeah so after that it's just it's just bragging rights really yeah, and, and like the, look how much dust is on this bottle and that's interesting right because joe in this conversation brought up something that he knows a lot about now he doesn't know a lot about wines but he knows a lot about pool and pool cues right it's oh. bizarre but he's he's into this and somebody's got to know it well he knows everything as much as he can about the things that he's into right so he's talking about these pool cues and he says a lot of times the same thing like the most expensive pool cue in the world is like so heavy you can't even play with it Mm. so there's just some people that have like make these masterpiece pieces of like kind of pool art and it's just not usable then there's other ones that are like from people that have died so their pools are over their cues are overpriced and then there's another style of cue out there where it's just like not a knockoff but it's like ones that they can make tons of but they're just as straight and just as good and they're kind of like the 15 dollar bottle of wines Uh, you know you can play some great fucking pool with them but save a lot of money and and it was an interesting like connection that he made in a way you could look at that with probably tom papa and his fucking bread it's like people do specialize in these different areas and it and it doesn't always mean just forking out of cash to make it no mo- no money isn't the money isn't always the difference yeah Some, it, sometimes it is like hotels it is <laughs> <laughs> the hotels you know 100% like, is. it's like oh red roof in for 49.95 a night anytime oh. you think oh. you're getting an amazing deal down in like Cabo or somewhere oh, and it, but it's yeah. so good it doesn't even make sense and they're like ocean views guaranteed you're looking at a brick wall oh guaranteed and, and they'll then... be like well that building wasn't there when we wrote it <laughs> right? in, in broken english that barely came across in your question like, hey, man, like, 
the chalk outline is impressionistic art. Yeah. I'm like, no, it was a murder scene. They just they just draw a picture of like the ocean on the wall. You're like, <laughs> yes. come on. It's the Beach Boys first album, man. <laughs> this is not Ocean View. Which one of you stoners did that? <laughs> <clears throat> talking about things you can't trust at all. They they were talking a little bit about um comics that don't have comedian friends. So there are even some big ones that don't have any. They didn't name names, which I wish they had. But you could imagine it would be like, I don't know, like maybe Jim Gaffigan. Or like people that never show up at the store. Maybe don't have... No, no, I'm not saying that is a fact. I'm just throwing it out there. It's like someone that you never really see around other comedians or in other comedy spots... He just tours on his own, does his own thing, and that's fine. Or they're kind of like maybe posers, or they're like actors that, or they wanted to be actors, and so they use stand up as a like a root. And then the minute they got their acting jobs, they're like, eh, "Fuck stand ups, I hate them." Maybe so. And who right? complained them? Because we are horrible human beings, <laughs> <You're> right? <laughs> but there's an affinity to each no, other. There is right. So Joe was talking about that in the sense of like, you know, he thinks it comes from the fact there were very few spots in the past like you would get on uh letterman or uh, before that carson and it was just like after that hopefully you got movies or like tv sitcom and they were just so so few spots and you see that in that show i'm dying up here that showtime one about the comedians which is awesome you've seen that right starring my friend brandon green is richard Pryor. there we go yeah and i mean it it does seem more brutal back then than and than it is today. It was because I mean nowadays, it's, but it doesn't need to. Be. I don't think it makes better comedians. It just I don't makes think so either. Thicker skinned people. Yeah, because I don't think I. I, I, I just want to get coming, to the best comedy. Yeah, period. I don't think going through the gaunt because I mean it's kind of a it's a group of bullies, right? It's I don't think going through the gauntlet of bullies makes you a better comic. And it, to be perfectly honest. Not necessarily, yeah. I think maybe sometimes it gets rid of the comics that have something to say, but they're like, I mean, like, the first person I think of is um, Kate Noguchi from from the two-woman group, uh, uh, what's the name of it? Somebody else is listening to it and going, I know what it is. Garfunkel notes. Okay. Yeah. So she's she's got this kind of weird character where she's this awkward girl and she's fucking brilliant. But can you imagine, like, she goes up her first time, like, doing stand-up, she's gonna sing the song, and it's just a bunch of mean girls, and they just destroy her? Does she want to do it again? I mean, maybe she does, because she's fucking genius, and she's got to drive, but, I don't know, maybe it weeds people out that don't need to be. A hundred percent. I don't think you need to destroy people. <laughs> I definitely don't think destroying somebody's self-confidence breeds better art, or no. breeds better comedy, because they don't believe in themselves, and they might actually have something interesting to say. And then there's just shitty comics that, like, go away. We definitely lost probably some great comics because of that sort of thing. I mean, in a I way, so. Hedgeberg, Hedgeberg talks about it. Yeah. So Mitch would do his one-liners, mm-hmm. and people just knew him. They'd remember him, so they'd shout him out before he got a chance to get finished. He used to have such social anxiety, sometimes he'd do his whole set from behind the curtain, which was quite funny for right. everyone. But it was like... What's the real truth here? The real truth is to find a way for this great man to feel as comfortable up on stage. Now, 
Sure, we can't get into a world of baby and everyone. This shit is supposed no, to you be can't. scary. It's you... supposed to be terrifying, and it is terrifying. But and... they, but I like the fact, at least in America here, they they tell, look, no heckling. You do it over and over, they kick you well, out. And I like throw that. off the. Sometimes it's cool to have a bit I, of back and forth. I'm not really, gonna lie. It's... I look for. I've not had a heckler. I look. I look forward to my first one. I Wait really till your next do. show. I'll step up. <laughs> But no, yeah, the, because like the bitch ass hostess will like keep it like, oh, yeah, excuse bro. me, sir. And I'll be like, no, let, let him stay. I'll tell him. What, we practiced this bit. No. I know that would be so bad. <laughs> Boo. Boo, you suck. You suck. But you know, the, the whole thing of community with these comics is like uh, Tom Popper was talking about. Yeah, people want to belong, right? You want to belong to something. You've got to have your tribe and you've got yeah, to know who your is. tribe needs to be. Your and pack. He brings up this is why. Religion exists, so they jump into the conversation of the Catholic Church, which Joe is always on about, and he's like, that's fucked up. What about the rape? And yeah. that's that's a brutal issue that comes up, but in a weird way, I think Joe does it because it's not talked about enough. You know? The rape. Yeah, it's just like the child rape in the Catholic Church. And I'm not saying that I have an opinion either way. I think I'm just saying that's why I think Joe brings it up. You know, I think that he, you know, is looked into this. It is happening. Well, people don't like to point this shit out. I'll, and pl- I'll point it out all day. And like for the couple of people listening, I think, I mean, yes, the rape is horrible. And you can talk about all the reasons. You can talk about the cover-ups. You can talk about the... That's all the worst part. And that's the worst part. In, in but so you, many ways. But I guess literally what you problem. have is you have a systemic problem within the Catholic Church. I can say this with authority, having grown up Catholic, having and having had a family member who was abused by a Catholic priest. This actually happened. And I can say the problem is systemic. Um... When you only have males in these roles, and when they have to be celibate, a lot of times it becomes um, a refuge for deviancy. And suppression breeds deviancy. 100%. It just does. Yeah. You are going to just... Well, this is what Joe talks about. He says it's all fucked and it has to change. It's, and it's all like, fucked and it does have to change. This is what this shit is doing. And then they t- talk about you know why there is evil, or if there is evil, right? So does it exist? It's such a weird thing. It's like, look, people have just had is, fucked up lives and they do fucked yeah, up things. Yeah, evil is like, evil's a word for Lord of the Rings or exactly. Harry Potter. It's just not black and white. Are there people born psychopaths who literally like hear voices or they don't have a moral center of their brain developed and they think, I'm literally working on a show right now that's talking about this person. This kid was clearly a psychopath, and then he and it's all about how he grew up to murder people, and now he's in jail. And his mom, his entire life, was like, "Oh my God, he's a psychopath. We need to get him into a psych ward and like try and treat it." But he was like, he clearly had those yeah, some, morality some issues. Some people's brains just don't fuck. They're just work not. Right. So it, is he evil, quote unquote, or is he just have a fucked up brain? It's just evil is such a yeah. I don't it was, know. It's just such a fucking. It was fantasy. a great part of their conversation because mm-hmm. they both had like a different take on it. Yeah. Tom Popper was taking a bit of a like a religious stance, like mm. that bad people are evil because he's Catholic, and you know, and sure, Joe sure, has sure. moved away from that and is just analyzing on a spectrum of behavior and well, just that's saying where I line it's up. like yeah, and it, and it only makes sense to look at it that way because 
you can't take any scale and then just get to one point and be like, well, you're one point of below evil. Right, it's right. like, how did evil get on? It's not the pH scale. Exactly. It's like you, you are fill 3. out a... 3.2 evil. Yeah. It just you should add some baking soda. It's it's not like you get to 100 degrees and you're Satan. It's just, it doesn't right. make any sense. Although that would be awesome. That would be funny, right? It'd be way easier to find people. Two more stamps and I'm Satan. So and then... I get a free sub sandwich. <laughs> so then they talk about like what, you know, beyond on, on the bigger picture of things of like what we're doing why we're here we you know we got religions we create for people to guide people and then try and help others and it's like what the fuck are most of us doing and they talk about how most of us in the successful ones especially because they you know if you're like a banker or um you know you're just making money but you're having one of those you're having a very corporate job, right? Mm-hmm. Which for a lot of people is not fun, even if you're making a lot of money. Because it's you not, have to just mold yourself into this like creature that you are not and never existed in nature. You have to laugh at the stupid corporate jokes on the posters. Yeah, and, and just, if you like, are actually soul up. genuinely laughing at them, you're oh, fucking back. You've already anyway. lost it. Like you're like you're already in the extra innings on your life. Yeah, so people take, <laughs> they get paid, and then they just buy shit. Because yeah. they're like, I don't know what else to do to feel better. But people that love their jobs don't do that as much. Maybe. Mm-hmm. People that really love what they do, they're like, oh, I don't need to buy a new car. Sure, I have the money for it. But like, I'm not trying to escape this other thing that I do. And I really love that point. I well, felt like that was fascinating. Well, and you feel free to disagree. But I, when I'm happiest, I watch the least amount of TV. And I buy the least amount of shit. I'm not trying to fill some hole or void. Yeah. I'm just having fun. And I'm active. And I'm moving forward. I'm being creative. I'm being physical i'm engaged that's yeah. happiness you, to me you're like filling that hole with like stuff yeah exercise creativity exciting things i think you don't need to jump on amazon yeah God, that that's... shit is addictive because it's fuck but... you amazon totally. for making that so amazing i ordered five things today eat a dick jeff bezos by the way i expect my prime order by tomorrow yeah, I do appreciate how easy you've made shopping. It's actually really great. And, <laughs> and so is the Marvelous Miss Maisel. That's that's an amazing show. Jeff Bezos, please don't leave us. Take over everything. <laughs> he is good. He is this good. Is and really on that good. note, ladies and gentlemen, that is the conversation reviewed for today. Check out the Tom Popper uh, podcast with Joe. It, it, they're always the best conversations. Those two communicate in such a fantastic way. They're such good friends. Tom Popper's so easygoing. There's no misinterpretations. They're just good opinions, good conversations, and, and I absolutely love it. So thanks for joining, and thank you, Mark. Thank you. Peace.